0: Change it Why they don't share this Who else know this I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe Till they feel it Why the world Make me feel misguided I can't hide it I'ma shake the globe Change it Why they don't share this Who else know this I smell rodents I'ma shake the globe Till they feel it What's up everybody This is the Misguided Podcast We intend to guide you To a better future The purpose of this podcast Is to do exactly that We will dive deep Into the stories of entrepreneurs entrepreneurs and highlight what makes them successful, but also pinpoint mistakes they've made and how to improve them. Our goal is to make you start thinking about building generational wealth through business. I hope you enjoy, and if you do, please rate this podcast and leave a review. And now, let's get started. What's up everybody? my name is Juwan Rohan and this is the misguided podcast where we intend to guide you to a better future i'm sitting here with gene real estate investor how you doing today my brother
1: i'm doing pretty good man appreciate you for bringing me on board how you feeling
0: i'm living i'm great um today it is super sunny outside already it's eight eight a m um and so i'm doing i'm doing well busy day ahead of me um time to get this money man
1: <laughs> I see you up and at it man you're recording at eight
0: a.m. It's it's um it's, it's 10 a.m my time oh yeah 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 so I try I try and record early um and, and I try and do it um as early as possible because I know a lot of people a lot of entrepreneurs got stuff going on during the daytime
1: um so you guys for sure yeah no that's 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 a hack low key
0: yeah for real for real um cool cool well let's go ahead um and get into your story um just for the audience. Um I found Gene um on the Black Di- Dialogue Real Estate Podcast. Um, shout out the homie Sam. So I heard your story and I thought it was super intriguing. Hit you up in the DMs and you were super um responsive. Like I, I, you know, I didn't have any any problem reaching out, and so I appreciate that, man. Cool. So where are you from, man?
1: I'm from Chicago, man. Born and raised Chicago, uh, the south side to be be specific. Uh grew up in Chicago my entire life. Majority of my family from Mississippi. Uh, but I was the only one that was that was born in Chicago. So Chi Town, Windy City. Uh some some people may say Shirack, depending on who you're talking to. But <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, that's cool. That's cool. Um so you've been out there this whole time? Like you ain't moved any lived anywhere else? Yeah, so
1: I lived in uh, I lived in Richmond, Virginia, for six months. I lived there for a bit. Let's see, did I go any place else? I I lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for a while as well, uh, for about about a year on and off. About a year, I got, had family out there, so I was staying with family. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, just just local in Chicago.
0: Nice, nice. That's dope. I've been to Chicago once, I believe. Uh, back when I was in college, and it, it was such a cool, cool vibe, um, definitely, definitely cool, um, so that's cool, man, okay, so from Chicago, um, did you go to, did you go to college there or anything? No, so uh, high school,
1: I went to, uh, I went to Simeon for high school, Simeon Career Academy, same high school as uh, Derrick Rose, Bart Parker, okay. a few of the folks that played in the league, uh, NBA that is, and then I went to uh, Northern Illinois University for college. So okay. that's about an hour and a half out, hour and 45 out from Chicago um, in a small town called DeKalb. Uh, got my degree there. I got a degree in cybersecurity. Well, specifically, I got a degree in information systems and then ended up doing cybersecurity right after that.
0: That's crazy. I was <laughs> that's so random, but I was literally uh, reading a Wikipedia page on some, some dude uh, yesterday, last night, and he he uh, got a degree in information systems. And I was like, I never heard of that until literally now. And then now that you're saying, it's like, wow. So what, what exactly is that? And what was your plan to do with information systems?
1: Yeah, so, so, so let's, let's just take it from the top then, in, in yeah. that case, right? So I uh, got to college, didn't necessarily know exactly what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to do something in business, right? So it was like, all right, cool. Well, what do I want to do in business? And so when I got there, I I immediately declared business admin. It was just business admin. I didn't know what the hell the majors were. So I just did business admin at first. And then as I thought about it, the more I matured in like my first semester or whatever, it was like, damn, so I'm business admin. If I want to be in business, you don't want to be a boss. So (laughs) if I'm going to be a boss, I need to know how to manage people. Uh So it was like, all right, cool. Let me do business management. Okay. let me do business management. And so I majored in business management and then I ended up getting an internship where they was doing logistics, transportation and stuff like that. And so um, internship was paying me, you know, pretty damn good. Imagine as this is a kid from the South side of Chicago, this is why I went to Richmond, Virginia for, for that six month period. I was working with this with this company, this healthcare company doing uh, operations management. And so I had no idea what operations management was until I started working there. And then it was like, all right, well, I'm killing it. They brought me back for a second internship. I know for a fact, if I just, you know, just keep performing well, stay on point, they are gonna give me a job. And we all going to college to get a, yeah. get a fucking job, right? That's, that's why you go, you yeah. go there. So you can make some bread when you leave. Yeah. So it was like, all right, cool. Let me make sure I solidify my position in this internship um, so that I can get a full, full-time job with them. So I came back to school and I, I changed my major to operations management. It was still early, way early, where I was just taking my like, general ed yep. or like my prerequisite classes for business that everybody had to take that was a, a business major. So it was still pretty early for me to change. Uh, so I changed, didn't miss out on anything, was right on time. And so the operations management program they had at, at, the, at the university was a dual degree. So you could do operations management and you could do information systems. So I did both tracks. So I got a dual degree. So if I wanted to go the tech route, I could go the tech route. If I wanted to just stay and do the operations perspective, uh, I could just do that. And so um, that's what kind of made me major in information systems was, it was like I already had a gig that was lined up. So like, let me go ahead and solidify it. Mm-hmm. As I started taking the classes, um, I really try to understand the data, right? I try to think futuristic. I try to think long-term. And one of the professors was, was saying, there's going to be more jobs in tech, more jobs in IT than any other career field in the world. And once I heard that, it was like, yeah, it's a no-brainer. Let me go ahead and and, and take more IT classes than anything so that I can go ahead and get on board. And so what information systems is in a short is you just understanding information systems. So systems that a piece of hardware have, the software that that hardware contains. So that could be, God damn it, Excel. That could be uh, Python. That could be uh, MySQL server. That could be all those different uh, technology systems that somebody use. AWS.
2: So can you, like, if
0: that. I if I was having problems with my computer, can I bring it to you and you can, like, diagnose it? Like, almost Geek Squad type? Not me. Not not you. So then, yeah. Where do you step in though? Into that, do you step into that? If I was if I was having problems with my computer, or like you only focus on the the applications.
1: Yeah, I'm, I only focus on the applications.
0: Okay. So okay,
1: there's certain there's multiple levels of of IT, right? Okay. Multiple. You got some folks that you got you got the computer science folks. Those folks are just the folks that's like hardcore fucking coding building <laughs> website and all that like, yeah yeah we ain't doing that in information systems okay and information systems is you know understanding you know the the applications right okay. how do applications work how do we bridge the gap between technology and people right oh. what technology and processes oh, so that's okay. what that's yeah. what information systems um, now now
0: you clicked it that was a good way to to, to put it right there that was good Okay, okay, that makes sense. Um, damn. So information system studied that in college. All right, so what happens after college? What are you doing when you get out? Did you land that job?
1: So they offered me a full-time job, hey. but the company was starting to tank. Oh. So it was like, yeah, the company was starting to tank, doing way much better now, but they stock price fell from like $120 a share to a share. even went as low as $10 a share. Oh, they tank
0: tanked. (laughs)
1: Yeah. they were like, yo, probably not a good idea for me to move forward with them. If I'm thinking long-term, because if I do, you know, I'm a small fry in this whole mix of everything that's going on. The likelihood of me getting cut is going to be high. So, um, I ended up moving with a different company that specializes in biopharmaceuticals and, um, was doing a IT development rotational program with them. I uh, did that. Keep in mind, IT was never something that I like. I truly enjoyed. Again, it was just that track where I knew for sure that I was going to be able to get a job, job in security. this area. If yeah, if I got, yeah, if I got, you know, a um, a um, a degree in that. Okay. And so, what I always okay. tell folks all the time is like, sometimes you you got to do what you, do what you have to do so that you can do what you love. Mm-hmm. right? Do what you have to do so that you can do what you love. And so for me, me majoring in IT, me getting a job in IT was me doing what I had to do so that I can position myself to do what I love, right? So end up doing that. It was taking the money from that. And I was pouring that money into, you know, uh, educational courses. I was pouring that money into uh, real estate, starting businesses and, and that sort of thing. So I, I leveraged the nine to five as an opportunity to uh build wealth as an opportunity to leverage it as c capital to get exactly what i want
0: yeah no that's great because i always preach that like i for me i think i was like stay with your nine to five as long as you can a lot of people say entrepreneurship i want to be my own boss right like let me just go out there but then they realize like how much harder it is like why not just use that money from your nine to five um and, and put that in the business and double it right Double it. Use the money from the business and from your nine to five, and just grow way quicker. As opposed to now, you're trying to survive off your business, paying the rent, um, surviving. Then you're trying to grow the business. It's super hard. <clears throat> I mean, and it's obviously works for some people. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's just hard to get started um, for the average person. Um, and so that's that 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 is definitely a good uh, key point. So let's briefly touch on all the businesses that you have um, created. Um, And then we'll go down the list into more detail on them.
1: Yeah. So uh, um, I've been starting businesses since I was in college. Um, The first business that I ever had, uh, which is dissolved now, but the first business I ever had was, was a, was a partnership uh, with a college friend. We had a company called Starve Belly and Starve Belly was similar to uh, a Grubhub in a sense where we had signed up all of the local restaurants that was, that was on campus. And we had essentially a website where students and staff can order through to get their food delivered to them. Um, So that was the first ever business that we started. We had drivers. We had our own app where we can track our drivers, where the students can log in and the staff can log in to actually see where the order is in queue, how far it is and route literally the same exact way as Uber Eats and Grubhub, um, DoorDash, those, those sort of things. So we did that for a while. What happened to that? Because that was,
0: it sounds like it was before Grubhub. Why y'all didn't blow that up? It was, it was, it was a
1: pretty damn, no, it was, it was, not wasn't before. Oh, okay. uh, it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good business. Um. It just didn't, it just didn't fit in the business model. Folks was graduating school. You know, this was happening. This was happening. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Uh, it, it was, it was good money. Don't get me wrong. Like the money was there, but uh, ended up going separate ways on that. But my first actual business, uh, where it was just solely me, if you will, I got started out in network marketing. I made my first six figures in network marketing in a uh, private real estate group where we sold real estate education. And then if you guys know network marketing, network marketing has a direct sales system and the ability to be able to bring people under you. And essentially, they can market and sell uh, the same services as well, and then you get overrides on that. And, um, I've always been a firm and strong believer in network marketing companies, the the good ones, because there are some out there that are not as good. But the beautiful thing about network marketing companies is they don't they don't do any brand marketing, right? Paid advertising. They they let their affiliates, they let the people, their agents or whatever they want to call them inside their their company do all the marketing for them. And when they do that, all that additional ad spend they would have spent, they don't spend. They actually invest it into the product. So a lot of network marketing companies really do have excellent and top tier products. So I made my first six figures there. While I was doing that, um, I was also looking to purchase my first piece of real estate. Uh, So I was taking the money from there and buying real estate. I had a credit repair business. I was doing credit repair. And then and then as I got more involved in credit repair, I just realized that I didn't really like service-based businesses that much where I got to work directly with somebody all the time. Because some people, especially folks that made poor financial decisions and get their credit together, they don't realize and understand that, hey, when I say 30 days, we got to wait 30 to 45 days to hear back from you know TransUnion Equifax and Experian, they want results quick. Mm-hmm. But the reality of it is that you don't get results quick, especially when you start talking about, you know, credit.
0: You mm-hmm. know what I
1: mean? So uh, so I had a credit repair <laughs> business, got rid of that, wasn't worth the headache anymore. Um, I currently got five cars that I rent out on Turo row and hire car. looking to add a six-car uh, pretty shortly. Um, I got digital products. So I got a book, e-book that I wrote back when COVID first came around. Called the Power of an Idea, which is a beginner's guide to turning their ideas into massive profits. So that book was predominantly uh, built around or for folks that had an idea for a business, didn't necessarily know how to get their idea to the ground. And I also gave out my systems and everything that I did to build my first six-figure business, but I made it very, very general so that anybody can do it right with in, yeah. in any business right yeah. these are the proper systems that you need You need a business plan you need x y z yeah um so that yeah. i also got a um self defense company as well uh with my brother i started that and now we have a 70 30 uh, split i take 30% he keeps 70% and i don't do any other work i put the, i put the sweat equity in built the brand up what is it self defense yeah it's a self defense company where we specifically provide uh concealed carry training to individuals in the state of Illinois. So uh built that up. Good money there. It's also fast money similar to the to the notary game. Mm-hmm. Um that part, let's see what else I got going on. Uh that's that's really it outside of the digital courses, real digital courses, real estate, um, because the Winnie's the Winnie City defense, let's see, um also, partner with a tax firm, uh, Badu Tax Services, when we have the fastest growing tax firm in the Midwest, where we specialize in tax planning, tax representation, tax preparation for individuals and businesses. And, um, I think so. Where do you 70- have
0: time to do all this, bro?
1: Yeah, you got to put it in the schedule.
0: <laughs> yeah, you got to put it in for real, bro. I live by my schedule, like, I, I preach how important that calendar is because. Um, it really allows you to block off that time. Right. Like, like there's no, like for me, like it, it, it's, I have to see it days in advance. Right. Like when did I, I scheduled our our thing maybe two weeks, three weeks ago, our interview. Right. Like a month ago, a month ago, bro. Like, and when I first started this, I was doing it to like three months out. Like I was booked three months out every weekend, bro. And so um, I just, I need that. It like gives me a, a peace of mind, and it also it, it makes me work even harder because it's like, all right, like I got see a full day here, I see a full day here. I feel like I'm doing good. You know, it's like a mental, a mental thing. Like, <laughs> so,
1: so, so let's talk about that real quick. So, if you if you have a calendar, if you if you have a schedule, right, you're already ahead of of a lot of people, right? You, you're already above average because the reality of it is that there's so many people out there, they wake up and they have no sense of the direction for their day.
0: Absolutely. Right.
1: They're waking up and they're trying to figure out what am I going to do today? Yep. Right. Meaning if they waking up like that, they're waking up without a sense of purpose. They're waking up without intent. And with somebody that, somebody that wakes up without a sense of purpose and that lacks intent, then unfortunately they fall in the category of people that don't. Right. I, I was saying this last night on Instagram live. You know, I said, you have people that do, you have doers, and then you have people that don't. And the only thing that separates those two is them waking up every single morning and either they're deciding unconsciously or consciously to either be proactive, meaning they're going to work on building a better future, or reactive because they're reacting off of decisions they made in the past, right? They credit shot, so they got to do X, Y, Z.
0: Or reacting off of the state of the world pandemic, like... You yeah. Know, yeah. You got to be proactive in situations like that. So, yeah, you're, dude, you're you're, you're, on, you're on to
2: yeah.
0: it. Yeah, for sure. And like the, the fact that like you can wake up and you're, you're thinking of, you know, what am I going to do today? That's already time wasted because now you got to figure out what you're going to do. Now you got to go schedule it as opposed to waking up and everything's already scheduled. Boom. I got a notary appointment here. I got a drop off car here. Come back you know haircut whatever right like it's everything's already scheduled so yeah big believer it's in that the
1: ritual facts. the money what? is made in the ritual
0: facts facts uh how old are you by the chance i don't think we got that i'm 26 26 cool cool and um i believe we were talking but you had just quit your job uh in march i think you said yep march cool um so it's been a couple months, maybe like four months. I don't know. My my, my math might be off, but four months and you've been full entrepreneurship. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit. How how was that? What a few things you could touch on. What made you quit? Um, you're 26 years old, and how how are you surviving now? Pretty much. I know I, yeah. I obviously you got money coming in, but I'm saying, like, let's talk about it emotionally and 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 you know um spirituality like wise like how are you dealing with that
1: yeah that's a great question so uh when I first started the job I was telling myself that I was only going to do five years I'm a, well actually I was saying I, I was saying I'm gonna work a job for a year after that year I'm out yeah when I, when I look back at it and I actually see What I was thinking, I really had unrealistic expectations. I didn't have a business that was already up and running. I didn't have all these things. And I had income coming in. I was just now getting the network marketing business off the ground, but it wasn't enough to to leave, you know, really like, yeah, leave, right? So Mm -hmm. I had a a one-year commitment that didn't work out, and then I started taking time off of it. I, I took the time piece out of it, and I just worked on, you know, how do I replace my monthly income? How do I replace my monthly income? Let me let me just focus on that, and let me not put a time limit on my growth and development. As long as I, can, excuse me, as long as I can see my progress, I'm cool with that, right? I don't want to put a time limit on it because a time limit may set it may open up an opportunity for me to make a bad decision because I'm trying to meet a deadline rather than doing things correctly. Mm-hmm. So, um, had the one year commitment didn't work out. And honestly, I would have stayed, I would have stayed, had already been making more on the side than I was making at my job. So I had completely replaced my income. And if, if the first thing I always tell people is this, I said, there's so many people out there. They got insurance on their vehicles. They have insurance on their phones. They have homeowners insurance, renters insurance. Some of us got life insurance. That's a totally different topic, though. But not many of us have insurance on our income. I'm gonna repeat that. Not not many of us have insurance on our income, meaning that one person is totally in control whether we pay our bills or not. Or well, one entity is totally in control of where whether whether you, your kids or your family eat or not. And for me, I had a personal problem with that. And so I replaced my income, I had insurance on my income just in case right? These folks, this company, this employer wanted to cut me loose, my lifestyle wouldn't change, right? If my employer, if, if if you, if the answer to this question is yes for you, you get you got a problem, whether you realize it or not. If your employer cut you off right now and stop paying you, will your life change? Will your lifestyle change? If the answer is yes to that, you have a major problem and you need to be, begin uh, diagnosing that as quickly as possible. So already was making more on the side would have stayed because it was a sweet job. It was actually pretty damn interesting. The only reason why I left was because the manager at the time um, he 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 began invading my personal space. And so when I say invading my personal space, what am I talking about? What does that mean? Well, he started asking me questions about my social media and my social media presence. You know, hey, I noticed that you buy that you do real estate. You know, how how are you focusing on on real estate and also working? You know, a job at the same time. Oh, I noticed that you got rental cars. How are you doing rental cars and and managing your your role here? And I had a personal problem with that. And so I asked him, I said, well, is my performance impacted? Has there been a impact on my performance? No, 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 no. Everything is going well. You know, I, I love having you on the team. There's been nothing but an asset. He sounds like you get
0: promoted for
1: sure. I want to make sure you get promoted, <laughs> sure. yeah. sure promoted XYZ. And my, my thought process is, why are we having this conversation then?
0: Yeah,
1: right? Because what I do personally has nothing to do with what I do professionally, and I prefer to keep those two separate. And so, when we had that conversation, um, I just never been able to look at him the same. I always had to. I was always looking over my shoulder because he would always ask me, "Oh, how was your weekend?" And you yeah. know, ask, he would like and you had to be, stuff.
0: yeah, you had to be careful how you answer, right? Like, yeah, right.
1: You're walking on eggshells the whole time. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not about to lock up my page and make my page private because you know my my personal brand allows me to generate additional streams of income. So I'm not locking up my page. So I'm not about to hide anything. So that was the primary reason why I left. Um, it was a very hard decision because obviously you've been doing this thing for the last three years and then you up in the sand and saying that you leave it. Right. So I'm talking nice pharmaceutical company, big company benefits, the whole nine excellent fucking benefits. <laughs> and, um, I was, I was, uh, I was stressed out, right. I, I had anxiety. I didn't know what to do. And so, um, I thought about it deeply. I, I spoke it over with a couple of people, and shout out to Andre Hatchett. Andre Hatchet was was really the person my that kind of put it in my, my head. Andre. And he was just like, "Man, like what what, what you waiting on is either is either now or never." You've already put yourself in position. It would be different if you wasn't in position, right? And so, you know, I thought about it for three days, and I did for my two weeks in, and uh, it was the worst two weeks of my life. Well, well, not the worst, but part of the worst two weeks.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, you mentioned something very important, uh, income insurance, right? So I'll, I'm going to ask you a question. I want you to think about it while I kind of go into why I'm asking the question. Um, you made the decision. Okay. You said that if you're working a nine to five and your employer cuts you, that boss is like, bye-bye. Uh, you, you, and if you don't have a, a security, um, income, then you're living the wrong way. Now I want to ask as an entrepreneur. Is it the same? Because in in your businesses, from my understanding, they all rely on customers. So in in technicality, you're not your own boss. The customers are. And a lot of people don't understand that because you're in a customer business, right? You're in a customer uh, satisfaction business. So how is there income insurance on you just being an entrepreneur? Um, Because that can be gone you know, in an instant, right? People could stop traveling. COVID, right? It didn't happen. Like, honestly, COVID for Turo was like amazing. But still, let's just say the worst, worst. Um, people just stop traveling. Your cars don't get rented. Um, and uh, no one wants to network market with you. your real estate. Um, the They extend the moratorium again and again and again. And renters don't need to pay rent to you. Um, so I'm just throwing random shit out. Your income stops. How do you how do you go about saving that? You know,
1: that's an excellent question.
0: Yeah,
1: uh, eight plus on the fucking question. <laughs> Thanks. So man. we we have to understand that money comes from one place to one place only, and that's other people's bank accounts and that's not trees, that's, that's, not that's trees,
0: kids. <laughs> no, <I'm>
1: yeah, <laughs> it comes from one place to one place only, and that's other people's bank accounts. So whether you like it or not, you will always have some form of a customer. Period. Dude, I'm writing that even down. That's you crazy. Have a job, even if you have a job that you're serving a customer. So it's, it's really the same thing. The only difference is, is that you have more control on how that customer is treated and how that company is branded and how those customers perceive that company. You have the ability to now create a culture within the organization that you start, rather than fitting into a pre-existing culture that may not personally align with your morals, values, and standards as a human being, right? Man, woman, whatever you like to, um, you know, identify as. So when we talk about that, we first understand that business money comes one place only, and that's other people's bank accounts. And then when we talk about having insurance on your income. We have to have need based businesses. We have to have need based businesses. These are businesses that people need. These are recession proof businesses. No matter what, people are going to need these things. No matter what, people are going to need to file their taxes. Point blank period. No matter what, people are going to file their need to file their taxes. There is no moratorium on taxes, <laughs> right? The IRS, they, they need, they pay, the government need, they pay right? And then real estate, people always need some place to stay. That's point blank period. You probably will be going to be listening to this podcast interview in some form of real estate, right? You probably going to be watching it, the clip notes, or however you're going to hear it in some form of real estate, the, the likelihood of you doing that is, t- is, is extremely high. You was more than likely born in some form of real estate. So when we talk about that, there's even recession proof strategies in real estate, section eight, right? You can have section eight tenants, right those section 8 tenants the government is not missing a payment the government is not missing a payment right you're going to get that payment every single month point blank period it's recession proof so we got to have need based businesses that are recession proof
0: nice okay so you touched up on a few um, are there a few other recession proof businesses um uh, I would love I would love to to have you tell the audience real estate you got taxes what else
1: uh, uh those are the two that i'm i'm involved with i try not to speak on things that i'm not personally engaged with
0: uh do you think so the car rental business is recession proof
1: uh sure we can we can say it's recession proof people are gonna always need some place people are always gonna need to get around yeah. you know what i'm saying people will always need some place to go
0: Can I tell you why, can I tell you why it was recession-proof? Because my experience and and the the, the change I saw from people renting my cars, obviously, you know, the summer, huge travelers, everyone's traveling, families coming in. Um, But what I saw was as soon as the pandemic hit, there was like not even, there was a slowdown, but there was just a change in people renting. The people renting were first-time users, right? You have the... um, The car, the car rental places all shut down or all out of inventory. So they had nowhere to rent from. So they needed to um, come up with different ways. Right. So they would Google Turo would pop up. Also, another thing, buses were shut down. No one was allowing people to to go anywhere. You couldn't go pick up groceries. You couldn't go do anything, right? We were on lockdown, so people needed a way to to, uh, rent cars. And if both of those are shut down, the car rental business, everyone's going to it um, on taro. So that's kind of what I saw was like a change in demographics, first time renters, uh, people who literally just needed the car for a couple hours, as opposed to a whole weekend, so they can drive 200 miles away and vacation, right, it was more of just, hey, I just need the car to go to the store, I just need the car uh, to go run this quick errand, I need this car to go check on my, my parents, you know, something, something super simple. So that's why I think it might be a uh, recession proof. But um, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, there's opinions on that. That's just an opinion.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, same here. Like, I got, I got five cars that I run out across multiple platforms to a hire car, and my demand didn't personally slow down, right? My, my demand was there. You know, people were renting cars out on hire car to do Instacart. People were renting cars out on hire car to do Uber. Yeah, like, dude. True. Do, you know DoorDash or um? I forgot Rover. I think it's the other one, Rover, where they actually pick up your, your, your uh. Your uh your luggage and stuff like that. So, yeah, I didn't I didn't have a slowdown, uh, in the rental car space. So, yeah, that's that that's that's add that to the list. Right, another recession uh, proof. That's true.
0: Another one I want to mention for the audience is Notary. Um, actually started it, um, during the pandemic. Shout out to Andre Hatchet, Tiger Toledo, and Malik, uh, for putting me on um but and actually coaching me oh and tech cannot forget tech as my mentor out here in the bay area uh thank you but yeah uh definitely pandemic proof like a motherfucker like i'm no to hit a list go ahead
1: if if you have a cybersecurity company mm. recession proof point yeah. blank period yeah Re- re- a 2,000% recession.
0: Like, like your, t- I think your professor told you, uh, two things that will always be there is like tech and well, he said something else, right? IT or something. So,
1: well, what a lot of people don't, don't know is that there's a, there's more than a physical war that's going on right now. There's a digital war too, right? Right now, somebody is trying to hack into a server and compromise, you know, somebody's information and do a data breach on the company right like these are things that are happening right now that we can't even see
0: yeah someone's trying to hack into haven't... this zoom right now probably
1: <laughs> somebody could be trying to ha- no seriously <laughs> yeah somebody could be trying to hack into, hack into the zoom right now so that that business 100% recession proof. you're not
0: going nowhere yeah dope dope okay cool I want to uh, kind of dive into uh the real estate um a little bit um but before we do any books and podcasts, Audibles um, that that kind of got you along the journey? Yeah,
1: so um, I don't read books as much. Books make me sleepy unless I'm like on a plane. Bro, me too. Uh, I only listen.
0: Bro, me too. Yeah,
1: I can't. I can't do the books, man. I do Audibles only. Yeah, because it's more engaging, more entertaining. Sometimes you can even have the author uh, read the book to you. Yep. So one of the first books that I would recommend folks to read was or is it's not the first book I read, but first book that going through so many books I would read. I would go through books in this order. But the first book that I would read is You Were Born Rich. You Were Born Rich by Bob Proctor is a game changer. Uh, I mean, it's it, it, the book is just fire. Uh, the second book is this. is This one is more for men. Uh, the way of the superior man. Um, I will I will read that book. I'm not even gonna say that's the second book. That's just a book that all men need to read, point blank period, hands down. You need to read that book, especially if you want to be a man. Like if you want to be a man of value, a man of morals, a man of standards, and you wanna know how to control your masculine energy, especially as you accomplish more in life, you know, things. We live in a spiritual world. with physical beings operating in a, in a spiritual world, whether we whether we recognize that or not. And you got to make sure that you protect your energy at all costs because we're all vibrating in our own in our own frequency.
0: Facts.
1: So that's Facts. that part. Uh, the second book that I would recommend for everybody to read is Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant. Mm-hmm. Robert Kiyosaki's Cash Flow Quadrant. Reach that poor dad is cool, but I'm gonna up it a notch and just go to Robert Kiyosaki's uh, Cash Flow Quadrant. And the last book that I would recommend for everybody to read, every single body, is Napoleon Hill's Outwitting the Devil. That that book, you got to read that book. I read that book at least once a year. I'm on year three on, mm-hmm. on, on, on reading that book.
0: Outwitting the Devil, Napoleon Hill. All right. Cool, cool. Um, okay, cool, cool. And what about podcasts?
1: Uh, there wasn't no podcast that really impacted me okay. personally in my journey. Um, I, I'm I listen to podcasts, but not not as often as I used to. So I, I wouldn't recommend. I wouldn't say, excuse me, that there was any podcast specifically that uh, that changed my life in, in particular. However, I would recommend folks to uh, check out a couple different podcasts. Uh, one, Mirant Mindsets by Xavier Miller and Deanna Kemp, um, Black Wealth Renaissance, BWR podcast uh, with the Black Wealth Renaissance folks. And then um, last but not least, um, Andre Hatch's podcast, The Hatch's Way.
0: Facts, facts. Andre Hatch's podcast, uh, uh, Jalen and David with BWR. Um, And I really like uh, Earn Your Leisure um, as well. I haven't met those people yet, but I definitely will be in the same room with them. Um, I'm speaking that into existence. So um, yeah, those are, those are great podcasts and Black, Black Dialogue Real Estate, um, where you can learn more about Gene's uh, real estate endeavors into detail. We're going to touch on that right here in a minute. So um, you want to explain your uh, real estate? How were you introduced into real estate?
1: Got into real estate, uh, got introduced fairly young. I didn't actually know what was going on. <laughs> but um, I was involved in a program uh, that targeted at-risk you, at-risk meaning at-risk of gun violence and or at-risk of going to jail. And the, the mentors that I acquired through that program owned real estate. And they would pick me up on like a weekend, weekday, to kind of help out around a couple of the, a couple of their properties. And at that time, there was never a conversation that was around real estate or anything like that. It was literally solely just me just showing up to this place, and I'm, I'm staying busy just doing work on the side. But that was my bright introduction, light, light, bright introduction into real estate. Uh, and then I got more and more um, interested after I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and Robert Kiyosaki was talking about to make sure that you um, you fill up your asset column. Uh-huh. Right. And then really, he really hounded on real estate. And yep. so from there, after going through so many Robert Kiyosaki books, I had, to, I had to brainwash myself personally, right? I had to reprogram my mind. And I tell people that all the time like, you, you gotta reprogram your mind. You gotta, you, that's the only way that you're gonna get to the next level, especially if you've been operating um, from a place of scarcity and, and not even knowing that you are. So uh, that book really, really introduced me to real estate. And then I joined a private real estate. Uh, network marketing company that taught real estate and was filled with a bunch of real estate investors. So that helped me build up my um, my network. That really gave me a strong, strong-ass network. So I did that. And then I, I started buying properties from there.
0: Hmm. Nice. Nice. That's cool. And how many properties you own right now? I got
1: 31 units right now.
0: God damn. You uh, yep. all by yourself? Any partnerships?
1: Yeah. Partnerships. So I got two of them just solely just me um, and then the majority of them the rest of them to be quite candid are all partnerships however strategic partnerships when I say strategic these are partnerships that align with my business model in a way I like to set certain things up it's not a typical standard hey Jean or hey Jasmine you know let's go 50 50 on X Y and Z those types of partnerships I may entertain in the future at some point in time, but um, during this duration of my career, how I, how I how I scaled to 31 units, it was a it was a, a very strategic
0: partnership. Talk. Can you talk about my... it, or do you want to share your secret?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can we could yeah. talk about it. So, um, long story short, um, let me see how how can I sum it up. So basically, what I did was I partnered with some of my students that I was teaching to in my private real estate uh, network marketing group. They didn't have the necessary capital to actually get started in real estate. They had the credit, they didn't have the capital. And some of them didn't even have a credit until after I repaired their credit and now I made them credit worthy. And so once you do that with somebody, you have and you build up a tremendous amount of trust. And now that person trusts you. But the only thing that the that majority of my students were missing was the actual experience and the know how and the capital. So I provided the capital. Uh, for each of the deals, they provided the credit. Um, so the properties were closed in their name, and then we later uh quick claim deed the properties over into an LLC, and then we later did some things with a trust. Uh, but so that's what I did. I put down a down payment. However, uh, the difference between that is before they realized any profit from these buildings, I got my, you got my money initial. Back yeah, I got my initial money back first, right? So that allowed me to secure my initial investment in these deals. So hypothetically, I give out an example, not my case, but let's just say you got a hundred thousand dollars and you got 10 properties that you're looking to buy. Each of these 10 properties costs, you know, $10,000 for you to close. So you spread those properties out across 10 properties, that's a hundred thousand. And so You structure the deal to where the person that you partner with does not get any of the actual net cash flow until you get your $10,000 back. Are you long-term renting
0: or short-term renting? Long-term. Long-term. So it might take a while to get the the $10,000
1: back. What do you define in that short-term? Airbnb. Airbnb. Yeah, no, I'm not not doing Airbnb. I have no no Airbnbs uh, whatsoever at all. Uh, Depending on how you structure your deal it may take you about nine months. It may take you about nine months. It may take you about 10 months. Uh, I'm cool on that. You know, 10 months for me to have an asset that will appreciate in value. Uh, my tenants would pay down the mortgage. They would allow me to increase the equity. Then I also get tax uh, benefits as well. This is a no brainer for me. So it's not just cash. It's also, you know, an investment plan.
0: Talk about, uh, for the audience that who may not know, do you get tax benefits with your name, not on the loan?
1: So it depends on how you structured the deal. So hypothetically, let's say you buy a property uh, without, without a loan. Let's say you do creative financing and you buy a property via contract for deed or a land contract. Well, when you buy a property via contract for deed and or land contract, you don't necessarily own the property, but you control the property via contract. And since I control the property via contract, I'm the one that suffered the depreciation. Right. So those are things that you can put inside of a contract which essentially allows you to be able to take advantage of uh, those tax benefits such as depreciation, right? So it's all, is is it's different. It's a case by case scenario. And then also included with that, you also got to get how, how certain things are set up. So all of my properties are in a business, right? So in a business you have business expenses, right? Those business expenses can offset mm-hmm. what you make personally, Mm-hmm. Right. So there's multiple ways on how you can set certain things up to make sure that you can uh, reap the benefits of the of, um, real estate portfolio.
0: Amazing, bro. 31 properties at 26 years old. That that is something to applaud, man. Um, and especially to see another black man, um, you know, building wealth this way. Um, and so I applaud you. Great job, man.
1: Appreciate it, man. Yeah,
0: <laughs> absolutely. For sure. uh, we're we're going to take a little break right now. I'm going to play some music and then we'll get to our Helen scotted segment. All right, guys. All right, everybody. We are back. And we are going to start with the Hella Miss Goddess segment where I ask the same question to each entrepreneur that comes up on here. And that question is, if you were to write a letter to your 18-year-old self, what would be a summary of that letter?
1: Mm. Stack your money. Yeah. Stop buying Jordans.
0: Stop buying Jordans. Yeah,
1: it would be stack your money um don't compare yourself to other people stack your money don't compare yourself to other people um get educated as quickly as possible on the things that you really want to do that create that will create you know um a, a, a fruitful lifestyle and understand how money works you know it'd be stack your money um yeah, everything, everything I just said, but it would if, if I could just sum it up, it would really just be stacking money and get educated on finances as quickly as possible.
0: As quickly, yeah, just re- read or listen to audiobooks, uh podcasts, just mm-hmm. learn, right? Educate yourself. Like educate yourself on the stuff that they don't teach in college pretty much. <laughs> like Do you yeah, basically? Quick question, do you think college was a waste of time? No. Okay, and and I think I think I know why you say that because of the networking that it offers college wasn't a waste
1: of time for me because college put me in a if i didn't go to college i probably wouldn't be in a position that i'm in right now college got me a job Mm -hmm. college got me an internship that was able to allow a kid from the south side of chicago that that come from a family that's lived paycheck to paycheck to be able to have his save
0: up yeah yeah i'm
1: saying it put me in a position to where i can get a job that was six figures coming out of college, and I could use that money to go buy more money. Yeah. <laughs> so for yeah. me, college was college wasn't a waste of time at all. Now, when we talk about the level of education that college provides, that's a different conversation. But the experiences, the memories, the people that I met, and the positioning—hands down, I wouldn't take it back.
0: Yeah, no, I 100 percent agree, dude. The experience, the um, the networking and the relationships I made was just amazing. And it allowed me to open my eyes a lot more. If I would have stayed in the same neighborhood I grew up in, I would have been a totally different person. Um, and so okay. me, yeah, me going, you know, I'm Bay Area, Berkeley, right? Um, predominantly uh, black neighborhood um, and then taking my ass to go play basketball at an all white school where we're talking 1% or less of black people um, and fucking Colorado Springs, a very conservative place um, taking that and, and the experience I got and the knowledge I got from sitting at the table with the white folks asking them, you know, how were you able to afford to get your son and daughter here? Like, you know, those type of questions really opened my mind to financial literacy and that's like kind of what started the journey is like, shit, yo, like why weren't my parents teaching, teaching me this, right? Like, why, why, am I la- why am I in a different position than them? And I really had to sit and really figure that out. And that's what my next question is gonna be is, um, where do you begin to correct the wealth gap in America? You begin with yourself. What do you mean by that?
1: Meaning some people you here. here's the thing. There's going to be some some, You can't save everybody. Right. You can't save everybody. You don't want to burn time, burn energy, burn effort, trying to get somebody to adapt an ideology that unfortunately they will refuse to adapt because they've been trained and conditioned to see life and view life one way. So, with that being said, you do have the ability to change you and the people that come from you. So for me, I'm not personally concerned with the entire wealth gap of the, the world, the United States or whatever. I'm concerned about the wealth gap within the marshals because I can change that. I know for a fact that I can change debt. And if I can change the world in the process, then cool, that's, a, that's an added bonus. But for me, I want to change myself first, get educated as quickly as possible, understand the morals and values that I need to have to be a good father, to be a good man, to be a good husband, and then be able to position the family that come after me in a manner that I wasn't necessarily positioned for. And if we can start doing that first, if we just focus on doing that first, then th- that, that will create a wave of a new generation if we just focus on setting up set your family up first right if you just focus on that in my personal opinion that's how you bridge the wealth gap right one family at a time right especially for black people or my the the minority group one family at a time it's gonna take a long time to get there but you have control over that i don't have control over bob james whoever that lives over in Washington, lives over in Seattle, but I do have control over what I do and what I produce.
0: Bro, that's amazing, bro. You are the first person who has ever said that to like an answer of that question who just starts with one family at a time and it starts with ideally yourself, right? Um, And yeah, that's powerful, dude. That's definitely powerful because you are absolutely right. You can't... It's almost like the... You know, like if your therapist tells you you can't worry about the things you can't control, right? We can't go control the fucking government, <laughs> like we can't go control the school system, right? You know what I used to what I used to think the the, the naive, Jawan, um, back in college. My goal was to be an FBI agent. Okay, that was my dream since I was little. Um, besides being a, a NBA basketball player, but. Um, my backup plan was FBI agent. So I did all this stuff to get there, right? Didn't know you had to be a cop first to become an FBI agent, right? Didn't know that. So as I'm going through this process, um, I I pretty much realized that like, I, okay, as I'm going through this process, I thought that I can put myself in the cop's shoes and change the system with within, Like, oh, I'm going to be different. I'm going to show them how to really be a good cop. You know what I mean? Not knowing that myself cannot change the broken system, right? No matter how high up I am. Lieutenant, whatever, sergeant, it doesn't matter, right? So I think it's like the same thing. Like, I can't control the things I cannot control, but I can control myself. So what did I do? I'm not a cop, right? And so... Um, I think that, that for me, that's kind of like similar to what you're saying, right? Work on yourself. Yeah, pretty um, much. And then change the ones around you. It's like, it's almost like growing your inner circle. So, but yeah, bro, that was, that was amazing, man. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How do you go about, uh, budgeting, um, as an entrepreneur, you have so many businesses, you have so many, um, deposits and expenses being taken out of your account daily. Um, that's hard for a lot of people. That's overwhelming for a lot of people. It's not the W-2. I get a, a huge paycheck uh, every two weeks on Friday, and then I pay my bills then. It's, no, I'm paying my bills, and I'm paying expenses, and I'm getting paid at the same time. How do I know what cash flow is actually mine?
1: You know what, man? We were just talking about this before we, we started the podcast. <laughs> I mean, like, even today, it's 1030. It's, it's, it was whatever time we started. And I'd have already spent about five grand today, <laughs> you know? So, I mean, it, to, to, that, that bothers me personally. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Wake up, but, spend
0: five grand like ah, damn. <laughs> but,
1: but you got to do it. Right. If this is what it takes to keep the water running, if this is what it takes to, you know, get to the next level, then I got to do what I got to do. But you got to have a system for every single thing. And you got to be very, very organized in your financial life, because if you're not, if, you, if your financial health is not on point, man, it's going to impact everything. It's going to mess with your anxiety. It's going to mess with your, um, it's going to do everything to you. So what I have is, uh, I have, I have many different things. Let me see, what can I give without going too long? So in that sense, you want to have a bank account for each and every individual business. Okay. You want to have a bank account for each individual business point blank period. That way you can keep everything separate and you can categorize all expenses and income to one specific business. Right. So that's, that's the first thing. That's how I manage and track what expenses are coming from what, because I make sure I allocate certain expenses to certain businesses. Right. So I have a business for the real estate. Right. And not only that, I have have a business per property. Each property has its own LLC. So I know exactly what I spent for that
0: property you can't do that how do i california it'd be hella hella taxes per year
1: (laughs) how do do i manage the the uh how do i manage um my expenses i use quickbooks yep right quickbooks allows me to essentially manage manage my expenses and so that's just a general rule of thumb no matter where you located if you own real estate right you want to make sure that each individual property has its own llc and that's just a general rule of thumb, whether you're in California, whether you in, uh, you know Miami or whatever it is. And the reason being is because you want to own nothing. You want to own nothing but control everything. So if I have a, uh, a business that owns a property in L.A., a business that owns that same business owns property in Chicago, and I get into a lawsuit with Juwan, Juwan doesn't like me for whatever reason, maybe, you know, we, we just disagreed on certain things, he had a bad experience, who knows, he decides to sue me. Well, if he decides to sue my business, then he can go after the assets of that business. And if one of the assets is a property in LA and, and the other asset is a property in Chicago, well, he can go after both of those assets, right? And then he can, he can take them, potentially. Right. I may be required to liquidate them to pay off some debt that I owe to Jawan. But if I have those properties in a separate LLC, now that individual that's suing me can only go after what that LLC owns. So if that LLC only owns the property in Chicago, then he can only go after the assets that that LLC owns, which is that one property in Chicago. He can't touch L.A. He can't touch Washington. He can't touch Miami. And that's why it's very important to have a separate LLC for each individual business that you have and each individual property that you have as well. That's just best practice.
0: And uh, and, a top on, uh, and to add on top of that, um, you got to be very strategic and careful on how you handle those bank accounts, how you handle that business paperwork. A lot of people aren't good with paperwork. And and when you become an entrepreneur and you have multiple businesses, you have to be really good at those things or hire someone. That is if you don't want to spend the time because you can have those multiple businesses, you can have seven businesses, each house in a different LLC, but attorneys are good. It's easy to pierce that corporate veil. Um, right so if that one slip up if you accidentally paid for something out of your business expense and it was a personal expense boom attorney found he found the hole right now he can go after everything and so when you talk about how important it is to to really separate the liability i think it's important to also add how important it is to to manage it and and um And really be on top of your shit because, you know, I've had some some potential business partners that I've wanted to partner with, and they're not really good with um, paperwork, organization, um, and keeping everything together. Like it's just a mess. Like making crazy money, cash flow is insane, but if you don't have your 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 business organization together it's super hard for me to partner with because i i like to see everything lined up i like to be ready to answer every question when irs comes knocking at your door you feel me and so if we can't see eye to eye on that alone like we can see you know difference you know whatever but if we just can't like one of us has to be able to 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 really manage the, the, the business and oversee it, or we go hire someone together, right, yes. to do it. So I think that's super important. Um, we touch on uh, LLCs and partnerships. So that's amazing, man. Um, cool, we are gonna wrap up. Um, you've answered amazing questions, some, some really good ones. Um, and, and I thank you. Uh, the way I like to, to wrap it up is with a segment called Guided Conclusions, where I ask you a question, that we haven't talked about before this recording. Um, It could be funny, serious, it could be heartbreaking. Bro, we could get emotional right now, all right? So are you ready? Let's do it. All right. Today's question, what classes would you add to the school systems and why? Mandatory classes.
1: What classes would I add to the school system that's not already there, right? Yep. It can't be anything that already exists okay. Personal finance man you know how to buy a house how to how to maintain your credit score you know how, how to get business funding to start a business um, how, how to identify what an ideal customer is understand the difference between you know, service-based businesses and, you know, product-based businesses, um, I, I, w- I would start there, you know, how to get business capital, right? What do uh, venture capitalists and, you know, angel investors look for for, businesses, for a business to be profitable and how to do it for yourself? Like, don't just tell me what they look for. Tell me how, how to do it for myself. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I would I would probably really just say in a nutshell, personal finance.
0: Yeah, no, I 100 I percent agree. Mine, mine would be personal finance. Mine would be um, taxes, a, a class for taxes. Mine would be um, a class for becoming a parent. Um, mine would be, uh, let's see. Uh, maybe like a like almost like a social class, like like uh like a social interaction class right like a networking type of thing right mm. um a lot of people don't know how to network a lot of people but when they when they go to networking events they're how can you help me as opposed to what can i do to help you and build this relationship and and that way we can work later on you know what i mean so maybe yeah um That's I may- powerful. Yeah. 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 Um, amazing question uh, and answer. Um, so thank you, man. Uh, do you want to drop all your information so everyone can reach you um, if you got any courses, um, anything, bro?
1: Yeah. So you guys can follow me on Instagram and Twitter and underscore, underscore uh, Mr. Marshall. You can tap in with me there. I, I always respond to my DMs. At least I try to in a timely manner. At least <laughs> uh, you can get my My real estate rehab blueprint if you're looking to get in real estate and you can't find properties that are turnkey ready, so you want to buy properties at a discount, you want to buy them in distress. I'll teach you how to find those properties, how to analyze those properties, and also how to get how to pay yourself during the process so you're not, you know, going too long without or you're not, excuse me, relying on any cash flow from a tenant necessarily to actually make money on that deal. So, I teach you how to make you know, money actually renovating the process as well. I teach you how to hire subcontractors, how to manage subcontractors. If you don't want to be a general contractor, I also teach you how to screen general contractors for that deal specifically, how to manage them, and how to make sure that you get your project done in a timely manner. Because, you know, when we talk about real estate, especially rehabs, we understand that it's a time game, right? You know, time is money. And when there's money on the line, you want to be able to turn that property over as quickly as possible. I'm also going to teach you how to get the capital that you need to actually have, you know, some liquidity to be able to fund the actual rehab and you're not completely relying on, you know, personal savings and or the bank to fully fund the projects that you take on within itself. So you can pick that up at the game.com. It's currently on sale for uh, 50 bucks 49.99. The 99 uh, the original ticket price is 160 so it'll be on sale until uh friday or so and then once once friday come um we'll be jacking the price back up but we wanted to make sure that we can honor um this time and we just come we are just not coming off of um of a holiday weekend so it's currently on sale so you can get that at the reno game.com that's t-h-e-r-e-n-o-g-a-m-e.com and then you can add me on the socials
0: cool cool well you heard it here everyone make sure you like and subscribe this episode um, and comment if you're watching on youtube um and make sure you rate the podcast it helps us grow um and shout out to gene for coming up here um so thank you brother you heard it here guys this is the misguided podcast we intend to guide you to a better future my name is juan again i'm sitting here with gene the real estate investor thank you man
1: appreciate it
2: like, nah, nah. Rest in peace, Patrice O'Neal Roll up another blunt Now how that diesel feel Got me swerving, man Who the fuck gave me the wheel? Who the fuck gave me these pills? Now I'm off in another dimension In need of an intervention Cause these drugs are too fucking expensive But I'm feeling terrific, dude Banging these balls with no fucking protection Yeah, what were you saying, babe? But wasn't paying any fucking attention Rumbling engine Rolling up in my Camaro and cruise, Living it like a pirate, man Always got me a barrel of booze the food, go right for the tiramisu, masseuse. Sippin' and rippin', the bubble the puffin' until I severely move. Lay back and then stare at the moon. Oh, bippity boppity boo. we be ripping it properly, you. Hippin' and hoppin' and rambling shit, cause these pills I've been poppin' have got me confused. screwed up, burn it We get it poppin', your bitch gettin' top of Now that you know, niggas adapting the flow Niggas can't stop the shit, the problem is We won't acknowledge it, but me and Webby wanna get that nigga. If that nigga wanna get mad, sit up and get up Fuck that, that Now I'm playing like a kid on the blacktop Black I got the juice from the flat top He's got a flat face, bad boy, it's a bad day. bad day Look at me sideways and I'ma hit you with a upguff uh, I'm too Cut. cold, better bundle up. bundle up Huddle up, cause we comin' up coming Turned up. up, finna fuck it up Fuckin I guarantee up. that the crowd go crazy when I hit the stage We could bet a hundred bucks, boy, We out here grind, Smokin' the finest, gettin' the high. It's just enough for the bond. Vegas, Oja, taking over traveling and taking shots Tattoo shots, Stops me at the place to rock I need a nasty girl To taste the cock In the office Running all over These niggas like bitches You niggas is softer For the niggas That just got the prison This project X shit is real Somebody pass the goddamn limbo. We just doing what we do And we'll never give a fuck Put some liquor in my bottle And some ganja up, We just living like what